Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up? welcome in GC Live Wednesday episode of the show. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. And we are, of course, brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. Clint helps make, make the show possible every single day. And you can find Clint at clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. Clint is, of course, the branch manager of the Columbia Mortgage Network. You can find him at chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. And 71597 is his NMLS number. Again, appreciate Clint. He makes the show possible. Appreciate you joining us here on Wednesday. A little bit late getting started. That's my fault. I was hoping, Chris, maybe, possibly, that this welcome home would be revealed before showtime. You know, we've been told middle of the week. I, I think people have maybe latched on. To the Wednesday idea, I think Wednesday or Thursday, I believe is what we were told initially. So we're still playing the waiting game. That would have been some great content for today, but we still have some other stuff we can talk about, man. Yeah, no doubt. Well, right now, some a lot of our listeners, of course, are on the pod. So maybe, who knows, by the time you listen to this, some guys, Wes, listen a day or two after. So we hope that the content is not always dated, but in this rapidly evolving landscape of college football and recruiting. That's not always the case. Uh, sometimes a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about is in date. Some of it can be a little outdated. So as of right now, no new welcome home in terms of the public reveal here at 2.05 on a Wednesday. But hey, there's always a lot going on. Always a lot going on nowadays in Gamecock country. It's, it's a fun time. Yeah, plenty going on, man. And we, of course, um, if, you know, if, if it's in between, like if, if we do the show and then Boom, it's revealed an hour later. We'll try to, if, if you're listening to this and it's already happened, check on our YouTube for maybe what's next or on the podcast what's next. We'll try to maybe, I think this one, uh, I think this one could end up being big enough, Chris, that we just do a little a little commit cast potentially, hop on here for, for 10, 15 minutes and talk about what it means for South Carolina. But for now, we're still waiting. We're still respecting wishes and uh, and we'll go from there, man. I want to start uh, first of all uh, the la- in the last 
I guess, 24 hours or, or so, there's been a Carolina Confidential on Gamecock Central. There's been an insider report. And even though July is, has been dead as far as visits go, it actually won't be long until that changes again, this final week of July. I, I believe, Chris, you, you know, you're, there's going to be a cookout at the end for South Carolina. Pretty much everybody, wouldn't you think about everybody's going to do some type of event, like every school. Um, I believe Florida is, is busting out the, the Friday night lights um, at, at some point. South Carolina is going to do some type of cookout. Uh, Clemson's going to have a cookout. Georgia's having something. Everybody's going to sort of put their spin on it. But for the, it's not just that day that recruiting is open. Um, it, it's sort of the – there's a full week there. So you're going to have your big events. But I, I actually imagine, dude, there's going to be some guys trickling in um, just whenever they can get on, on campuses. It may be somewhat like June. Obviously not quite as many guys, but – it may be somewhat like June in that there will be some like bigger days, but then there will be guys trickling in throughout the month or throughout the week, I should say, but it was throughout the month in June to be completely clear. Yeah. And I mean, June was wild because a, you had a full month instead of a week. So a full month in in the month of June. And then on top of that, that's when you have to do by NCAA rule, you got to get your camp days in, in June and you want to have your camp days in. So 10 camp days, official visit weekends, which are, have been permitted since 2018. And then, you know, obviously unofficial visits with guys trickling in. So won't be as high of a volume because there's no camps. There's no official visits allowed at that time in the recruiting calendar. Um, and it's only a week, but already starting to trickle in in terms of some news with some guys that are planning on being on campus. A couple West off the top of my head that I'll go ahead and share from today's insider report. I do hope you go read the full thing at GamecockCentral.com, but, just as an example of what you're talking about, you know, Troy Ford, he's a linebacker from Savannah from the 2023 class. That's a guy that, you know, already visited South Carolina. Uh, he was there during a camp, but it was just an unofficial visit. He was kind of walking around, touring, checking out the coaches, all that kind of stuff. He's looking at being back for that actual cookout event at the at, right at the end of July. But then on the other hand, you got a guy like Tyler Banks from Virginia, uh, who South Carolina likes as a linebacker, who, Looked like at one point he was going to visit last month. Didn't end up happening. He did take three official visits to other schools during June, but still wants to get over to South Carolina. So he's trying to juggle a couple visits in that week, that being to South Carolina and possibly to Ole Miss. So don't really know as much of the date, but we do have an idea that at some point during that week he'll probably be in. So, um, yeah, Clint Morrison asked on YouTube, there's there a list yet? No list yet, still being built out. We know some of the guys that are expected to be there or possible to be there. Still a couple weeks out, and we'll definitely be building that out as, as the time approaches. Yeah, a current commit um, and wide receiver Landon Sampson. Actually, Chris, he's uh, scheduled to be in. That will be his – you know, you don't see this until COVID times. You really didn't see this a ton. Guys committing basically before they'd ever been on campus. We saw quite a bit of that for the last 15 months or so. Many guys were able to visit, as we said, in June, but um, he was not. So ha had some other stuff planned. I think a family vacation was already in there um, after South Carolina really started going hard and heavy at him. But liked what he heard, wanted to go ahead and, and grab that spot. He did so. He'll get his first in-person look as well. I imagine 
this is going to be a uh, commitment heavy uh, group in that you're going to want as many of your commitments as possible on campus. You're going to want their families on campus, Chris. You're going to want um, th- this isn't going to be about football. I think this is will be one of those events where Beam, you know, Beamer's talked about the family atmosphere, the culture, what he's trying to build. I would imagine the coaches' families will even potentially be out there. Now, I'm speaking a bit out of turn. We haven't been told this, but just my guess is that you would want to make this a laid-back, fun, relaxing type event for the prospects and, in some cases, more importantly, their families. Yeah, and probably a little bit of a different vibe um, overall because – you know, what, what you saw in the month of June, you know, it, it was frantic, you know, um, and at, at different points. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't tons of attention paid, right? Like, this will be a little bit more along the lines of maybe what you'd see for an official visit for some of those guys that came in in June, except in a lot of cases, it's not going to be a 48-hour visit. Um, you know, guys will come in from the day and leave. Some of them will spend the night. There's even a prospect, Wes, that um, working on – confirming this for an actual report, but there's a, a prospect from the 22 class making, looking at making a three day visit around the time of the cookout uh, who was, who was in camp, picked up an offer. And, and as a guy, South Carolina is still recruiting. So w- when I say, you know, more along the lines of an official visit, this isn't going to be as much of a, Hey, go see the facilities, go talk with Beamer in his office, go watch camp that's going on and, and kind of get out. This is going to be a lot more of a hangout with some of the current players, hang out with other prospects, get some face time with families and uh, coaches and maybe their even their families, like you said, Wes. So a little bit more laid back from that perspective. And, and these type of events are a lot more about kind of bonding and getting some valuable face-to-face time when there hasn't been a ton of that, right? There was some last month, some of these guys that'll be at this event did roll through this summer in some form or fashion, whether it's for a, a camp, an official visit, an unofficial visit. But this will be a kind of a different type of vibe, different kind of event. So uh, a little bit of news today, Chris, uh, on, on a couple of different fronts as far as football goes. First of all, I guess congrats are in order to Kevin Harris. He has been named um, what is essentially – the South Carolina Hall, South Carolina Hall of Fame, which is a nonprofit that started um, a few years ago, and he is basically their Player of the Year. That's the 2020 Blanchard Rogers Trophy, and uh, this is basically a Heisman Trophy for the state of South Carolina. It can go to anyone who is playing in the state. So Kevin Harris, obviously not from South Carolina, from Georgia, but playing in the state of South Carolina, or from my understanding, Chris can also go to any college football player who is a South Carolina native but is playing out of the state. So a little little interesting sort of, I would say, group of players that would fall under that umbrella, but a cool honor for Kevin Harris being announced today. I believe he's going to be presented that next week um, at a ceremony. George Rogers will be there to present it to him from what I read. But um, Trevor Lawrence was the winner last year, so a Clemson player gets it last year. Kevin Harris gets it this year. Congrats to him. Nice little honor. It was, man. And good to see his efforts get recognized because I think with Kevin being a guy that, honestly, he didn't carry a lot of hype into the season, right? That Remember the running back getting the most hype going into last season was Marshawn Lloyd. Injured. Kevin Harris steps up, has a great year. 
So I think he got called a little bit in that. You know, a lot of times, Wes, the guys you see on the preseason list, as long as they kind of hold serve, sometimes they end up staying on those lists postseason. Guys that play for big teams. Yeah, sometimes guys that come out of nowhere. But but Kevin Harris, I think, got called a little bit in that and also got called in, let's be quite, quite frank, he played for a team that went 2-8 and eight last season. And I think – a lot of Gamecock fans and even people who just know the SEC kind of look at it and go, Kevin Harris, what he did last year really kind of went under the radar from like an award standpoint, a recognition standpoint. There's lots of lists coming out, top running, top five running backs in the league, top 10, top 10 in the Southeast, whatever it may be. Um, you know, he gets left out of a lot of those. And I think, uh, if South Carolina, can, if he can have another year like he had last year, first of all, that'd be fantastic. Give South Carolina a better chance to have success this year. And if they can have more success from a record standpoint, I think he'll probably, you know, get more of his due. But it was really cool to see him, for sure, get recognized with that award. And, hey, th- there are a lot of good players from the state of South Carolina that play at out-of-state programs. There are a lot of really good football players at Clemson, obviously, and other programs around the state. So, Really nice recognition for Kevin Harris and well-deserved for him. Yeah, the other sort of newsy thing on the football side, um, obviously there was some baseball news today as well that I've seen people talking about quite a bit online. But the other news today would be a, a another trans, transfer portal exit, um, basically from the South Carolina roster. Mike Wyman, the redshirt freshman wide receiver, and – you know, I posted – I came back in with some thoughts uh, after you had posted your story on the Insider Forum, Chris. And, you know, I, I see I see some comments about it in the chats. You know, first of all, I don't, I don't think the numbers at wide receiver um, – because there, there was a, a comment on here about uh, praying, you know, South Carolina doesn't lose any more wide receivers. The numbers at receivers as far as overall – wide receivers available in the roster, there's not a lack of, of numbers at the position. Right. The, the question, and we've talked – we talked about the receiver position all offseason last year um, to the point that I, I, don't, I don't know. I just have – I like cringe when I start thinking about talking about that position again because we, we got asked so many times leading into the season, and then when we would be talking about roster and good positions, bad positions – we, we talked about it way too much. But um, I I think, you know, Wyman was a good kid. He was always good to us in the recruiting process, keeping us updated. Um, you know, not going not gonna to throw any shade, but also, uh, you know, I, I think there was a reason from based on everything we had heard when people were asking us about young receivers, we would talk about Rico Powers. We would talk about Jakari Caldwell. And then people would say, well, what about, what about, I think it was just one of those situations where uh, Wyman didn't really project to play a ton this year. Um, and I don't know if he projected to play a ton long-term either. And generally when, when that happens, you know, tra- transfers are going to happen. So that's, uh, that to me is, is the best way I can put it as far as that situation there. Yeah, and you look kind of back at last season, too, for a little bit more context to shed a little bit more light on it. You know, South Carolina, obviously, like you said, man, we, we talked about it a ton going into last season. We'll probably talk about it. I hate to say it, Wes. We might talk about it even more this year. It might break that record because 
you know, at least last year going in, the, the whole question centered around, A, can Shai Smith step up and be the number one guy? B, who else can step up beside him? This year it's kind of who's going to step up at all, right? Like they need they need several guys, uh, among other questions at that position. So point is, you look at last season, it was still a deal where, you know, they needed guys to step up alongside Shai. Didn't really get that for most of the year. They had some injuries and such. So we saw, you mentioned the two other freshmen alongside Mike Wyman. We saw, uh, you know, Powers and Caldwell both got some playing time last year. Uh, we saw Trey Adkins, who was placed on scholarship by Shane Beamer this offseason, get more playing time. And and Wyman did not enter that equation last year. He enrolled back in January. Last January, went through spring practice. Like you said, didn't make an impact last season. And kind of looking around the room, looking around the numbers, again, it, it was a similar type of deal, you know, at least this offseason, after going through spring even, didn't hear as much. And so that typically, like you said, it does kind of put that writing on the wall when you're when you're covering the program of when you don't hear things, when you don't observe things, probably not as much there in terms of shorter long term playing potential. And and that sometimes means you're, you're going to have guys exit and go look for a different situation. Yeah, and that's fine. It's healthy as well. I think uh, guys getting, you know, maybe you drop down a level, get to a spot where you can make more of an impact. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. So I think um, you know everyone just just wish. Wyman well, uh, he carried himself well, and uh, and you move on. You know, at that position, everything you just said, it still remains. It's gonna it's gonna remain until you know we're gonna talk about it all August because we're we're gonna hear positive buzz. I mean, go ahead and prepare yourself. There will be some positive buzz about certain wide receivers playing well in practice. It's gonna happen. The question will remain until we see it all play out in a game. So, uh, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that that's the that's sort of the two, I guess, somewhat newsy things there: the Kevin Harris award and the uh, the transfer news there. Chris, some actual movement in Antonio Williams' recruitment. We've got to hit on that. I uh, it, it, it's sort of it, it's been a minute, and I, I know in, in recruiting there's always something going on, but. Antonio Williams took took all these visits during June, right? Was that South Carolina? Was that Clemson? Uh, was that Georgia? Was I think he was at he was definitely at Ole Miss. I think he was at Auburn, um, but then didn't really do sort of the the media tour, so to speak. You know, some guys after a visit, you know, some guys, for example, they'll visit South Carolina. They'll talk to all the South Carolina media guys, and they'll. Visit Ole Miss, they'll talk to all the Ole Miss guys. They'll talk, you know, visit Georgia, talk to all the Georgia guys. Some guys, maybe, you know, maybe you just got to get lucky. You catch them, and then maybe you ask them about all the visits. Antonio Williams has slowly, I would say, done fewer and fewer interviews. So not much information was out. We find there has been some movement. He has now set official visits to both South Carolina and Ole Miss. He's going to be at Ole Miss when they play LSU. He's going to be right down the road from Irmo to South Carolina when the Gamecocks play Kentucky. Not a surprise, though, that they um, – not a surprise that South Carolina and Ole Miss get the officials because we've been saying for certainly weeks 
and probably months that of the schools that have offered, these are the two, you know, to play, to pay the closest attention to. Um, so now that part is official as far as official visits go. Maybe some more announced soon, but no surprise that those two get announced first. Yeah, definitely. And and my understanding, Wes, and you might have heard this independently too, is you know, could be a couple other official visits that get scheduled. But like you said, telling that those are the first two, right? Because those are the two programs that have mainly been buying first commitment. And and the reasons are kind of obvious. You know, both have been after him hard. South Carolina, obviously, with Shane Beamer, Eric Kimry, Justin Stepp, they prioritized Antonio Williams from the jump as soon as they were hired. That was probably the first, one of the first, I don't know, five guys that we started hearing in our circles that were going to be giant priorities for the staff. In-state guy, position to need, talented guy, and plenty of ties to, you know, guys on South Carolina staff. With Justin Stepp having good relationships in the, in the state, Eric Kimry being a Dutch Fort guy, it's pretty obvious that it was going to go that direction. And so they've done a good job with the family. Antonio coming on campus for an unofficial uh, we, we saw those guys around some during camp season. Um, and then obviously with Ole Miss. Now, Wes, you know, I think a little bit more about this even. A lot of people are pointing to Ole Miss and just saying, pointing out kind of the Murphy Holloway connection. Murphy Holloway being Antonio's stepdad. And that makes sense. But aside from that, Antonio spent some time, I think, in his childhood, right, in the state of Mississippi. So – Beyond just kind of that connection, you, you do have a familiarity with the state itself. They've been out there. Obviously, the way that they're running offense can be appealing for a wide receiver out there. So uh, those are kind of the main two that you would expect, you know, to be there until the end, until October with Antonio Williams. Yeah, it's my understanding that he he and his family, have, they've lived multiple places other than like Columbia, Irmo, Midlands area. So not he's, he's not – He's not the kid that has grown up, you know, Justin Stepp, for example, when he got hired, he talked about how he grew up going to games at williams Bryce Stadium, praying he could one day suit up for the Gamecocks. Right. Eric Henry did suit up for the Gamecocks, and same deal, grew up just dreaming of running out to 2001. So not a local guy as far as – you still get the added advantages of, of a local guy as far as – an easy access to him visiting, but, uh, and there being of course some, um, you know, you're, you're going to have some impact in that a guy is going to be around South Carolina fans much more in town than he's going to be around Ole Miss fans. That, that stuff can matter, but ultimately when it comes down to the decision, this isn't one of those kids where, we're going to sit there and say, oh, he grew up a Gamecock fan because that's just not the case. It's going to be more about where he's most comfortable at, where he is a best fit, where he can play, you know, all the things that that recruits look at. It's not going to be like that heart pick where, oh, I'm picking the Gamecocks just because I've always wanted to be right. a Gamecock. And from what I understand, it, it was – and I asked about Clemson when I was given this information about the officials – the school when when the Clemson answer was given, I was it was also mentioned to me that Georgia and Auburn, which Georgia and Auburn have offered, Clemson has not. But Clemson, Georgia, and Auburn were sort of all grouped together as well in that these schools are in constant communication as well. 
So when new official visits are set, that's to me that that may be the pool of schools that you're looking at, right? That, that in my opinion, when those are actually set up, when that news comes out, those are the schools I'm expecting could have really good shots at getting official visits just because they're still very much involved and he's had unofficial visits to those schools as well. You know, the, the school, I tell you what, Chris, it's, it's played out somewhat in some ways like I thought it would in other ways, not so much. The timeline has not played out the way I thought. Right. I thought this thing would actually be over. I, I if you had told me three months ago how it's going to play out, I would have predicted some maybe two or three June officials done with the process and moving on. That part has not played out. South Carolina and Ole Miss part has played out about the way I thought. I, I figured those two would be in it. I actually thought Clemson probably would have offered. Uh, you know, Clemson and Alabama were the two that we kept hearing were sort of on the edge of, of offering. I maybe would have predicted Clemson would have offered. And, um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Tennessee has not been a bigger factor with a new offensive-oriented head coach and the success Tennessee has had at Dutch Fork. They've not been a factor really at all, it seems. But but as far as South Carolina and Ole Miss, that part is not surprising. Some of the other parts, to me, are a little bit surprising. Yeah, I think the timeline being the main one, I mean, it was not that long ago when we had uh, Jason Barnes, his former receivers coach at, at Dutch Fork, who trains him, does a great job, you know, coaching receivers, obviously. And he said he kind of – dropped some hints it seemed like Wes where hey I kind of think Antonio's tired of it which we do know that's 100% true I mean Antonio's not a huge media guy like you said he doesn't particularly love the whole process of like being recruited and the attention that comes with it he's more of a low-key guy uh, but he kind of indicated he, he wouldn't have been that surprised if Antonio wrapped it up but it has gone on a little bit longer I don't think that's any type of negative sign per se South Carolina you know sometimes you get that sometimes if a guy who's kind of been – South Carolina's been a long-time factor for him or he's been even a long-time lean to South Carolina, people get antsy and frustrated and say, well, he, he doesn't want to come since he's taken so long. No, it's just it's an important decision. Some guys want to finish out the process. they got a timeline. There are a lot of motivations that go into that. But that has been, for me, Wes, the number one kind of surprise in that I wouldn't have thought based on what we where things were at maybe a few months ago – I wouldn't have seen this going until, say, the end of October, beginning of November. It didn't really seem that way. Uh, but I don't think that's any kind of indictment, you know, on South Carolina's chances. As It's more of a case of him just kind of taking some visits and then finishing out this process. Yeah, and uh, as you sort of just alluded to, now it looks like late October. That's that's probably when it's going to happen. That That's the likely decision time frame, as we've all seen. That's the most fluid thing in recruiting is is when a guy is going to decide like that. That's even more fluid than the actual schools involved, I think. But um, late October, we'll see, man. I, I mean, I, I as we sit here today, it is July fourteenth. As we're live, as we're recording, I tend to still kind of like South Carolina's position. Like, I ultimately, if if you project out, I ultimately think they have a, a really good shot here. But at the same time, Chris, I am continually told, do not 
count out Ole Miss. They're a real factor here. And I'm also told um, don't don't count out a potential Clemson offer at some point and that that would not be like an instant commit type situation, but um, that, that that would be something to uh, – that, that would quickly they would become a factor. Yeah, and, and that would make sense. Another in-state program again. Antonio, like you mentioned, even though he's a Columbia guy, Dutch Fort guy, like he, he's not – technically a Columbia guy in that sense that they've spent time in other places. And so Clemson with where they are right now and their success with the receivers, it, it'd be kind of silly to not expect them to be a big factor if they offered same thing with Bama, which we were kind of monitoring this summer. Um, so when, when you've got things like that, that makes sense is something that you're going to end up tracking. So we'll see now Clemson West, uh, it's got to be pointed out, you know, they've got what two, two spots probably, that maybe there's an oversign in there somewhere, but probably a couple of spots for receivers from what we understand. Got one in Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach committed. And then the up two that they were kind of juggling, it seemed like, was maybe offering Antonio Williams and the other being Andre Green out of Virginia. They've offered Andre Green from Virginia not too long ago. I think it was in the month of June. They extended that offer, but not one to Antonio. And he surely knows that. There's no doubt that that's been kind of shown. And uh, it's been out there publicly. So those types of things are known. So, you know, again, if other programs jump in, it could just kind of increase the competition and and uh, make the battle for South Carolina a little bit more interesting. And they've already kind of got their hands full to that degree with, with some of the other programs that are involved, including Ole Miss. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, I will say this, man, I, I think – Granted, I, I don't know if there is much more South Carolina. Like, th- there's no there's no level of recruiting above what they've done right now with, with Antonio Williams. Like, he has been the most priority that a priority target can be. Really from the very beginning, from when, from when Beamer took over and then Step took over um, and, and when Kimberly took over that area, he's been a priority guy. But it, it does – there is maybe a little bit of help here in that you have Kylie Corton committed. You have Landon Sampson committed. There's really only, I mean, I, I look at, I look at Antonio Williams. I look at Jaden Gibson. You had an update on today as well. And I look at Dane key other than getting a head start on some 2023s and some 2024s. You know, I, I think that, you know, those are the guys you're focused on. So you're, you're, You've gotten very selective. We'll put it like that. You can put all of your energy, all of your effort. I'm sure there's some other guys as well you continue to talk with. But for the most part, as far as like just putting putting in as much time as possible, it's going to be on making sure you're in a good position with, with those three guys. It is. I mean, and, and obviously even to take it a step farther from that, Wes, I mean, Antonio's going to be the guy that, because he's an in-state guy, because he's been such a priority, like that's going to be your guy. Like that's if you if you boil it down from you got two commitments right now in Sampson and Horton who can play receiver for you, planning to play receiver for you. If if you pick one of those three that the staff is going to go all out for, it's Williams, right? And and they're going to save a spot for him and all that kind of stuff, and nothing else matters. The other two are guys that South Carolina wants. South Carolina would take, you know, also. But Williams is obviously the guy for all those reasons I just laid out. And, you know, with Gibson, with Key, 
Again, those are guys that Gibson's expected to come back for an official visit. He had a really good unofficial last month. Key's already taken his official. I tend to think those things will sort themselves out, but Williams is the guy that obviously no matter what happens at receiver the entire class, you know, you're going the distance with him in this class. Yeah, no doubt. They'll go to the distance with him, period. Um, save a spot, however you want to say it. He's a, he's an oversign. He's a guy that, that they want regardless. Um, tell you what, Chris, there, there's a guy on that I, I want to talk about on the show that we have maybe not given um, – we've talked about him. We've maybe not given as much love to him as, as maybe we even should have just because um, I think the more we learn, the more it appears that – this kid is a huge priority target for South Carolina on the defensive side, and that would be Jamari Lyons, the uh, interior defensive line prospect, um, obviously a priority guy for, for Jimmy Lindsay down there in Vieira High School in Florida. And I, I think maybe the, the fans haven't quite lumped him in yet with the Antonio Williams, the Oscar Delps, the Keenan Nelsons, the, the sort of, these sort of four-star top-level guys. Um, elite guys, but when you look at the film and you look at the offer list, you look at South Car- how South Carolina sees him, I actually think it's probably time we all put Jamari Lyons on the same on the same shelf, so to speak. Like put him put him in the same category. This kid's a heck of a player and a player that South Carolina would love to have on their roster. And I think, and there's nothing wrong with this. Like, don't don't take this as a as a rant by me by any means. But um, it's just kind of you know fans like using you know rankings and profiles, offer lists, and things like that to go by. And look, that's not a bad idea. Trust me, when you're looking at priorities, that can that can very much be a good idea. But I think that Lions hasn't even gotten some of the attention among the Gamecock fan base as a guy like like Nick James, even Wes, to pick somebody that plays his same right. position. Nick James, you know, really nice offer list, has four stars by his name, whereas Jamari Lyons, at least on Rivals, you know, a high three-star guy. Uh, but nonetheless, this guy's a huge priority. I mean, when you stack up all the defensive tackles in the class, it's been a pretty big group that they've, they've been recruiting in that core group. This guy's at the top. And, um, you know, Florida guy had him on campus last month for an unofficial visit. He kind of wanted to take his official visit during the season, which is actually already on the books. I think the weekend of the Kentucky game, if I'm not mistaken, Wes. Yeah, I think you'll have an, him and Antonio in at the same the same time. Actually, That's so right. I, go ahead and circle that as being a, a key weekend, big weekend. And so he's going to be in then. Uh, Florida is kind of right now considered the main competition uh, for Lions, and at various times he's named Florida the leader. But South Carolina has been been in this one, man. They're in it heavy. And uh, Lindsey's been recruiting him hard, has a really good relationship with the kid. And, again, I, I think that was a good point to point out, Wes, because even though this guy may have not gotten as much buzz as some of the other big targets, he's right there in that core group that, that the staff really, really wants and should be mentioned in the same breath as some of these other top you know priority targets that we discussed so much. And, and I would say, Chris, already uh... – Golly, the fi- I haven't watched much of the film, to be quite frank. The film we're watching right now, if you're on the video end, is incredibly impressive. And one maybe advantage he's going to have over some of these other guys, um, just a fact of the matter, is that he's already a little bit closer to that prototypical size that you're looking for 
you know, be it some some guys, some guys are just gonna be undersized uh, compared to the prototypical measurables you're looking for as far as height and you know length of arms and stuff like that. Other guys, it's just a matter uh, like Felix Hickson. I think it's just gonna be a matter of him reshaping a little bit, but he can, you know, Felix has the film. I think if he reshapes the body some, um, you know, that problem if it's a problem, just goes away. I, I think it's fine there. But as far as already sort of having that size, having the height you're looking for, stuff like that, Jamari Lyons, I mean, the kid on the huddle right now is listed at 6'4", 295, and is uh, is just very, very disruptive inside. Well, and, you know, we got a chance to eyeball him because, again, he was walking around during his unofficial visit, kind of the end of it, I remember he was walking around the Gamecocks indoor facility while we were covering camp. And so we saw him and yeah, he's every bit of that listed size uh, had, had on a Gamecock hat sporting it, which I mean, doesn't really mean anything, but still got snapped a few photos of him in it. And uh, the size definitely checks out. Had, again, had a really good visit is, is set to be joined uh, by family members on that official visit later this year. So I think, Really good sign for Carolina that that's continued to stay on the books. Again, they're, they're going to be battling Florida from from within the state, but you give South Carolina, heck, I think Wes a fifty fifty shot, you know, to be able to pull this kid, and he's going to remain a big big priority for Jimmy Lindsay and and the staff throughout. And uh, yeah, I actually saw that picture floating around Gamecock Central when he was on campus. So hopefully, everybody else uh, got to experience the the photography exploits of chris clark oh man <laughs> i know yeah I, I don't know you might you might want to brace yourself it's just it's breathtaking the photography skills <laughs> but we you you got the job done you got the job done um speaking of the job being done that uh, we I, I think we've hit on about everything that, you know we had hoped maybe there would be a reveal by now as we said to start the show if you're joining us a little bit late it's not happened yet chris um I'm hopeful maybe you and I, depending on when this thing comes out, you know, if it's today, if it's Thursday, whatever, obviously, um, you know, Friday shows, uh, you know, we generally have those anyway, but we will try to, I would say, try to knock out something for everybody so we can hop on and and talk about it. But otherwise, uh, do you have anything else on on your mind, man? Nothing else on my mind, man. Good, good show talking about some of these top targets, plenty more to get to, but that will, uh, that will come in due time. No doubt. And uh, by the way, real quick, before we do get out of here, I know you mentioned him early on, but and I had planned on us going back into him, but Tyler Banks, this is a kid that, you know, you mentioned uh, it's it's thought, believed that he'll, he'll be on campus during this July week, this final week of July. Um, that, that may be one for, for fans to go ahead and sort of put in the back of your mind because, you know, we got wind – Shoot, man, I think that was months ago. We got wind that this was a kid to watch that South Carolina really liked. We had him on our list of, you know, watch out for this guy to possibly be on campus in June. Never happened. When it when that doesn't happen, you sort of you sort of start to say, well, maybe they're not that interested. Maybe it's not happening for South Carolina. But, Chris, in this case, um, looks like he'll be in at the end of July. Depending on the feedback during that visit, he may be one that South Carolina can sort of move up with because I think on the South Carolina end, we already know this is a kid that the staff uh, likes quite a bit. And we know that linebacker, that's a position. We still don't know 
how it's going to shape up. Uh, you know, I think Stone Blanton, of course, still out there, but you're dealing the baseball side with Mississippi State. Huge factor there. He's still committed to Mississippi State baseball. They won the national championship. That's got to be uh, that's got to be a strong pull as an in-state kid. We thought at one point R. Mason Thomas would take one of those spots. He's committed to Iowa State. I think South Carolina will continue to work him, but I wouldn't anticipate uh, you know a change there. So linebacker, you're sort of starting to say who's going to fill these spots if the Tyler Banks visit goes well. He's a guy I think we may be tracking more um, down the stretch of this class. Yeah, I totally agree. And in South Carolina in his final seven, despite not having a visit, he's a guy that's always – there's always kind of been this this mutual interest lingering out there. But like you said, the, the visit's been the key. hasn't happened yet. Uh, he's been to Cal, Michigan, Virginia Tech, and Vandy, I think. And so kind of a random – not random, but, you know, a different, you know, diverse collection of programs on his list, kind of like Ryan Brubaker had kind of a diverse collection um, of programs – and so other than that, you know, uh, he's a guy that South Carolina may get that. You know, that's what I was told uh, earlier today, actually, was that Ole Miss and South Carolina may be in a position to draw a visit that last week of June. And we'll see where it goes from there. If so, things could could certainly heat up there. No doubt. All right. Uh, as I said, that's going to do it. He is Chris. I am Wes. Uh, appreciate everybody who joined us in the chat. Appreciate everybody who joined us after the fact, listening on the podcast. The uh, support is both noted and appreciated, and we'll be back soon, hopefully, uh, to talk about this welcome home being revealed at some point fairly soon. For Chris, I'm Wes. You'll have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.